Here on Tuesday morning, August 23rd, this is Fantasy Baseball Today, CBSSports.com. I'm Adam Azer with Scott White. Al Melchior not here today, but he did inform me earlier this morning about a new Twitter account belonging to the moth that flew in Matt Holliday's ear. And I think it's Holiday's Moth. I think that's the handle. That's yeah. got to be the weir- one of the weirdest injuries I've ever seen or heard about. It's Next time I have a bug like buzzing in my ear, it's going to freak me out, and I'm going to be paranoid that it is in there and I can't get it out. Yeah, so Holiday, I mean, he's just sitting there. Moth flies in his ear. Yeah. And then they had to take him into a dark room and, and <laughs> shine a light to try to get the moth out, and they couldn't. So they had to get yeah. it out with like an instrument. You, you think that worked too? You would think that there, would there's work. nothing it's light a good in idea. his head. It's a good idea. It must have been stuck. Yeah, I don't know. There, it must have been a pretty small moth too. Is what I'm thinking. Not, or he not has one of those. huge ears. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, he's okay. He should be day to day, and we'll discuss a lot more injury news later. Most Adam, most drop coming up today. Also, we'll tell you how to pronounce that guy in Houston who is hitting over 300. It's a uh, Bogusevich. No, wait. Yeah, Bogusevic. I see. I already forgot. Brian Bogusevic, we're going to talk about him. He's hitting pretty well. Uh, ben Revere's catch last night was amazing. I thought it was absolutely incredible. He's running back to home plate. His back is to home plate. He's running toward the center field wall. Leaps, makes this catch, and, and you were like, yeah, it was, it was all right. See, it, it kind of reminds me of the catch Andrew Jones made with the Braves years ago, the it became known as the Spider-Man catch, where he did something similar, you know, mm-hmm. spikes to the wall, grab it with the back turn to the infield. And you know, I'd have to see them side by side to see which is better. But I, I guess I just kind of feel like, yeah, I've seen that before. Okay. It's, it's still a great hand, catch. I mean, yeah, it was. It, it, I'm just, you know. I see a lot of baseball. <laughs> yeah. All right, three up, three down. Let's get the show started. Three up number one is Jose Tabata. Ten hits in five games. Tabata owned in just 59% of leagues. Wake up, people. Jose Tabata is back. He has 24 points in head-to-head leagues last week, and that was without a bunch of extra base hits. I, I, I actually considered this morning dropping Jason Kubel for him in the podcast league, so he's probably about in that range. And now that this is on the podcast, I'm probably not going to be able to do that anymore because <laughs> somebody's going to beat me to it. Why? You got a head start. No, I, I, I stuck with Kubel. I wanted to, I wanted to see Tabata a little more. But, you know, if, if I had a pitcher I felt like I could drop for him and I needed an outfielder, I would do that. How about Jason Wirth? Uh, what do you think about Jason Wirth right now? A double, a home run, three runs batted in Monday. Five-game hitting streak. He has scored four runs over those five games. But, uh, you know, only 18 combined fantasy points in weeks 19 and 20. Yeah, a lot of that might be supporting cast related. He, he's hitting 279 since July 19th and 831 OPS, I think, Al recently pointed to similar numbers. He, he's been, yeah. Worth's been fine. He's been Jason Worth since the All-Star break. It's just Jason Worth with the Nationals, not quite as valuable as with the Phillies. So at this point in his career, we're seeing him as a usable fantasy option, but not the high-end guy he once was. Tabata or Worth? I'll stick with Worth for now, but Tabata's closing the gap. Brian Bogusevic. He's hitting 300, over 300 right now. He homered. He doubled Monday. And I saw him make a throw to home plate to get a runner uh, going from third to home. It was absolutely outstanding from right field. So doing pretty well for the Astros right now. And his name, hopefully we don't have to talk about him too much longer. You know why it was such a good throw? 
this is a converted pitcher. I made 64 minor league starts, I think it was. Uh, only recently, is in the last three years, I think, converted to the outfield. And I'm I'm not really buying into these numbers because he he never really was this good in the minors. Had some power, but nothing that really made him into like a hitting prospect. Because it's still a relatively new thing for him, I, I could see him just surprising one day, and maybe this is it. But I think now with Jordan Schaefer back up and playing center field, uh, the only way the Astros can get Bogusevic in the lineup is by kicking out Jason Bourgeois, which Bourgeois hasn't been good since they traded Michael Bourne, but I, I still think he might be a better overall option for them for, than Bogusevic. All right, so you're not buying into the hype right now. Not If right there now. is hype. Which maybe just podcast probably generated isn't. hype. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Three down. Three down. Number one is Ichiro. Three hits Monday. He had a big game. He homered, but he really had been struggling over the last fourteen days. He's not even in the top sixty amongst outfielders in roto or head to head. Does it, have a five game hitting streak. Is he in the top sixty for the year? I don't know. Probably I, not. I don't know. And either he's hitting like two. Yeah. What did you say? Two sixty nine on the year. Or two so six, I didn't say, 260 something, range. Something I mean, around 100 there, yeah. points lower than what uh, we've seen from him before. And uh, 37 years old, I'd say this is pretty much the end of his run as as a high-end fantasy guy. And and he still started in 78% of leagues. Does that seem high? It does seem high. Seven, I would say, based on the numbers, I, I would see 78% is, is more, more like an ownership rate for him. Because he still has value. He's still stealing bases, which is, is surprising because you think that would go maybe before anything, but hasn't been able to get that batting average up, and, and his value is so dependent on him hitting well over 300, so under 300. It's just not going to cut it. Ryan Rayburn is three down number two. Why is he not getting more at-bats at second base? We saw a little bit of a surge from him not too long ago, and yet yeah. he's still a platoon player. Well, thing is, he's an outfielder trying to play second base, and that's an important position. They have Ramon Santiago, who they... Used there a lot, obviously, a much better defender. And uh, that's the route Jim Leland wants to go as they're competing for to, to take the division there. So I, I still think Rayburn could end up making a fantasy impact uh, late here, like he did the previous two years, but um, not worth using right now. Jason Hayward is three down number three. So yesterday he sat for Jose Constanza, and Constanza still playing well. Then he sprained his ankle, he came out of the game, and Hayward replaced him. But Constanza's day-to-day, so is Hayward a guy who, by the way, has only started in 46% of leagues? Is he going to be almost a platoon player in the outfield for the Braves? Uh, where have you been, Adam? Hayward hasn't been playing much the last two or three weeks, how, pretty much. How, how bad is it? It's, uh, it's bad. It's to the point now... Uh, our own Michael Herkham here. He was he was he wanted me to look at his lineup with him in an NL only league. He's had Hayward on his bench for the last two or three weeks in an NL only league, and, yeah. and he's got to stay there. I mean, he's playing half the time, and he's not producing even when he's playing. So uh, for 2011, I, I'd say it's pretty much time to give up on Jason Hayward. Obviously, he could still have a huge breakout season next year, but so you drop him. Yeah, yeah, I think in most leagues you should drop him. He's owned 89% of leagues. I I would drop him for Tabata. <laughs> uh-huh. I would drop him for Kubel, for that matter. I, I think I did drop him for Kubel in the podcast league. So, uh, yeah, somebody to drop. I, I did, just did not realize just how little he was playing. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I knew occasionally, but not to this extent. All right, so the rotation now. Five guys who caught our eye from Monday's games. Another good start for Fausto Carmona. Uh, this one did come against Seattle, but he's still available in 42% of leagues, and he has six strikeouts in each of his last three starts. Yeah, and that's that's an interesting number because Carmona always, you look at the stuff, he throws hard, you always feel like he should get more strikeouts. Six isn't enough to for me to say, okay, he is, he's becoming a strikeout pitcher now, but it is just another reason to think that he might be able to continue this good run and 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 be a a, a weekly contributor f- contributor for you in fantasy. Personally, I still don't trust him because when he goes wrong, it's 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 terrible and and could single handedly ruin your season. But uh, the upsides <laughs> the upsides always been there for him, and and if 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 you're desperate there, then he's somebody to look at. Would you drop Trevor Cahill for Carmona? I probably wouldn't. I know Cahill's been awful recently. But I, I think if he turns it around, he'll be somebody who's more trustworthy. Let's look at Eric Bedard. He's owned in 86% of leagues, and Bedard has started in 62% of leagues. So against the Rangers yesterday at Texas, four runs in six innings, only one run through five innings. But since coming off the DL, he is not giving the Red Sox depth. He is a five, six-inning pitcher, it seems. Well, it's been going up. It, it started in five, and it, and is become more of the six recently and and yeah four runs in six innings isn't a good start but considering it was at texas i mean this start wasn't the reason fantasy owners started him in this two-start week at texas that's not such a bad line I, i'm still pretty encouraged with bedard and and i'd, I'd want to hang on to him okay dylan g is third in the rotation today he has mostly struggled over his last four starts and last night really bad eight earned runs and three and two-thirds at philadelphia so Here's a guy owning 57% of leagues, right about the same amount as Fausto Carmona. G or Carmona? Carmona, definitely. G, I, I don't trust for anything now. I, I, don't, I don't know what kind of run he's on, but you look at how high his ERA is now, 437, considering that start he got off to. His last four starts, three of them have been pretty bad. Yeah, I, I think uh, his usefulness has run out. Okay, and two more guys to talk about here. Jire Jurgens. Scattered eight hits over six and a third. Against the Cubs, he did not allow a run, but do the eight hits concern you? I think on paper, maybe a little bit, but seven were singles. So that's good. Yeah, eight hits and six and a third for a guy who pitches to contact. That's not That doesn't really bug me. The five walks he had, uh, you know, 13 base runners. And, yeah, that's bad. Yeah, that's really bad. He, he got pretty lucky there. <laughs> uh, so I'd say he's still not back after dealing with that knee issue and uh you know maybe just maybe this is still part of the regression to the mean after he got off to that impossibly good start yeah i i, I wouldn't trust him on an every week basis going forward but i, I still think obviously this is this is something to a pitcher to watch closely over the final over the next couple weeks and yoli chassin not a great start for chassin although if you look at the line seven innings one run but 11 hits, two strikeouts against the Astros, and three double plays. So Chassin, got, he got a little lucky last night, and uh, you know he did get the win. But still, some, some troubling signs here for Yoli Chassin. Yeah, I would hope for better for him against the Astros. It was at Coors Field, 
which, you know, usually think of that as influencing home run numbers, but, you know, big outfields and more chances for hits to fall in. It's just a good hitter's park in general. And uh, I, I still say overall you can still consider this a good start for Chassin, and that makes three out of the last four good. I mean, 11 hits, I yeah, know, but it's not like on. he was walking a bunch of guys like Jurgens. His, <laughs> his whip for the game I'm pretty sure was lower than what Jurgens had. So probably two strikeouts, eleven hits. It's not. It's not like he won me back over with this, and I'm I'm back to treating him as a must-start guy. But this isn't. This doesn't hurt my opinion of him. All right. So Ben Revere makes this ridiculous catch. You're (laughs) like, yeah, you know what? I've seen it. (laughs) So I don't know. I can't figure Scott White out today. Let's look at the injuries, news, and notes. And we talked about Matt Holliday. Again, he should be okay getting that moth out of his ear. Jose Reyes will begin a rehab assignment Thursday. And will we have him for Fantasy Week 22? Jose Reyes, I think, will be back next week. Yeah, Thursday rehab assignment. It wouldn't surprise me if he's even back Sunday. That'd be nice because then you don't have to debate whether or not to start him. Uh, Yeah, I think he's going to be back soon. Well... You're getting Reyes back, losing Jimmy Rollins. He goes to the DL with a groin injury. Any word on the severity here? Grade two is the severity. No, that's which, true. He did tweet that. Yes, uh, which is worse than a grade one, but not as bad as a grade three. So <laughs> That is some really sharp yeah, analysis. It, it really is. My concern with Rollins is that they don't need him right now. They, they're they so far ahead of everybody else. They're the number one seed in the NL. They're going to spend all of September resting up their starters anyway. So I think it's possible he might not be back until the last two weeks of the season. You know, maybe even less than that. So if if you've been, if you're in the playoffs, you've had him as your starting shortstop. Yeah, you're going to need to pick up somebody. Uh, he's, Somebody else. That stinks, yeah. yeah. Placido Polanco activated for the Phillies. But let's look at shortstop replacements here. I, I just looked in one of my uh, my leagues, my Roto League, a uh, deeper league, obviously, than our podcast league, and the, the choices are just awful right now at shortstop. You're talking about guys, some guys who are actually playing decently right now, Ruben Tejada, Trevor Plouffe, <clears throat> Trevor Plouffe, and Robert Andino. Do you like any of those guys? Well, I, I kind of like Plouffe, again, we're talking about a really yeah. deep option. Um, but he is my AL quick pitch, so All I'll right. save him for then. And then uh, two guys that are owned in just about half of our leagues, Meiser, Asturis, Jed Lowry. They're better options. Who do you like between those two? I, s- I still like Lowry for now. He's getting every day at bats at third with Euclid down. And hopefully if he takes advantage of the lefties this week, although he didn't last night against C.J. Wilson, uh, then he'll nobody be able, did. Yeah, nobody did. <laughs> then he'll be able to earn a bigger portion of the playing time at shortstop once Euclid comes back. Carlos Quentin is injured. He has a strained AC joint in his left shoulder. Right now, the reports maybe a few days, but could it be worse? Yeah, I think it definitely could be worse. Anytime you're talking about a shoulder injury for a power hitter, particularly one who has had his issues with injuries over the years. I think a DL stint is certainly a possibility. And you look at Quentin, the last really couple months, he hasn't done much in fantasy. So somebody, we were, we probably would have been to the point of, of recommending people sit him anyway, even without the injury. So yeah. uh, probably not somebody you can rely on in the playoffs. 
Jared Weaver signs a five-year, $85 million contract extension. Not much news here, but good for him and good for the Angels. I think that's a pretty darn good deal. Yeah, it is. Looking at some of the contracts free agents signed last year, uh, Weaver, you know, still in his prime. He's going to be in his prime through those five years. Yeah. Great deal. Yeah, Great very deal. good. Travis Hafner to the DL. Dropper stash. Drop him. He wasn't even an everyday guy anyway. So in mixed leagues, you you probably shouldn't have owned him. More Pirates rotation issues. Kevin Correa joins Paul Mahalam on the DL. B.J. Upton is day-to-day with a shoulder strain. So guys like Upton, Victor Martinez, who missed Monday's game with back spasms, uh, Upton, V-Mart, Carlos Quentin, those are guys you're going to want to check the website, fantasynews.cbssports.com, for updates. Michael Kadire returned, and he doubled twice on Monday, and the Mets... They considered using Mike Pelfrey as a closer. They will keep him in the rotation for the rest of the year. Sure, very very relevant info for all of you Pelfrey owners. But if you own, you know, Parnell, that's good. Less One less guy to compete with there. Yes, indeed. More from around baseball. Then we'll get into the most added and most dropped players. Uh, Jason Vargas, he threw seven innings in Cleveland for the Mariners. He allowed just two unearned runs, no walks, two strikeouts. He's owned in 40% of leagues. Are you intrigued by Jason Vargas? Not really. He's had starts like this this season, had a lot of them early in the season, but has just been too inconsistent recently, and, and the ceiling probably wasn't high enough to begin with. Dylan G or Jason Vargas? <laughs> I guess Vargas, but that's uh, Play the those are two lousy options, if you ask me. Okay. And you are asking me, because I'm the only one here. Not uh, too noteworthy here, but Evan Longoria has 60 RBIs in his last, I think, 61 games. I think I, I wrote 60, but I think it's 60 and 61. So he's playing pretty well. And so yeah. is Ryan Zimmerman. So those yeah, guys both, have, uh, have woken up. They are both back to form. C.J. Wilson, you mentioned him earlier. He's 3-0 and with a 1-3-7 ERA in August. If there's no trade deadline in your league, or it hasn't come yet, would you consider selling high on C.J. Wilson? No. He's been... Not an ace, but the next best thing all year. Made the all-star team, much to your chagrin. <laughs> but he he had all-star numbers, now, yeah. I think. And and I think you can he's as trustworthy as any pitcher you'll find this time of year. Who are you going to draft next year? C.J. Wilson? Who are you going to draft first? Or Clay Buckholtz? Oh, Wilson. C.J. Wilson or Matt Latos? Wilson. <laughs> uh, C.J. Wilson or Josh Beckett? Beckett. Okay, Beckett. I mean, he's he's he yeah, has been Beckett, an ace Beckett when he's sometimes, been able to pitch. You know, he'll he'll follow up great years with average years. This is true, inconsistent from year to year, but I don't think there's a logical explanation for that. Yeah, it just happens. Uh, another good start for Ross Detweiler. I I think I ask Scott about Ross Detweiler every time he starts. Six and two thirds, one earned against Arizona. Only owned in nine percent of leagues. He only struck out three. He walked one. Yeah, good thing he doesn't start much. And, you know, back-to-back good starts for him, so that may be changing. The Nationals, for some reason, have always liked him, drafted him in the first round. But I, even this year in the minors, his whip was like 150. I, I, I don't see any any progression from him. Just looking at the numbers, obviously they know more than I do, but not yeah. even close to I recommending Detweiler. They are the same people who signed Jason Worth that, that big deal. And not not all cases do they know more than you do. Yeah, but we'll give well, them the benefit of the doubt. That, that worst thing is is because you could argue. No, 
Well, you can. You can. You, you, you can. can argue, depending on where they go in free agency this year, that contract was to establish themselves as players in the free agent market and to attract other free agents in the future. I still think that's way too much money, even if that is the goal. But I don't think, I don't think even the Nationals think that Worth is going to be a good player for all eight years or however many it is. Seven or eight, yeah. Yeah, no, they, they can't think that. There had to be... There had to be more to that than the casual fan it's or even the two of us. Price to pay to announce yourself in free agency. I agree. It, it wasn't good, but there has to be a method to the madness, I'm thinking. Two more. Uh, excuse me. I'm a little under the weather today. Two more guys to talk about. Uh, Hunter Pence, before we get into most added, most dropped. Hunter Pence, he homered Monday. Uh, he is hitting three thirty three with five home runs in August. Are you surprised at how good he's been as a Philly? Well, you look at the drop-off Worth had moving from Philly to Washington, and uh, the reciprocal could be true for Pence moving from Houston to Philly. I still think the batting average for the year even is, is above his head, higher than it should be due to fall perhaps before the end of the season. Uh, but obviously you got to start him right now. And Niger Morgan, you know, last week I went – like nuts on a rant about how he doesn't steal bases. Well, he's now ha- has eight on the year, and he has stolen two bases in five games. Those are his first two attempts since July 10th. So keep an eye on that in Roto Leagues. Morgan's owned in about 25% of leagues. Most added and most dropped players in CBSSports.com leagues. Number one, Mike Miner, up to 53% ownership, but this is only temporary, right? Yeah, because he's in the rotation for Tommy Hansen, who's going to be coming back from a shoulder injury soon. I saw this yesterday and was surprised that Miner was that high. Yeah, because uh, two starts, you know, and he had the one good start last time out. I guess there's enough people who just stream pitchers and go after anyone they can find with two starts. I don't know that I I probably wouldn't have picked him up for this week. Well, he had two starts this week. I know, but okay, I I don't know that you can trust him. And there were good <laughs> matchups too, but. Mike Miner has been so up and down in his brief career and just hasn't hasn't proven himself to me. And this is crunch time. I'm not going to take a chance on a guy like that. Okay, fair enough. But uh, I brought it up just so everybody knows, only a temporary thing for Mike Miner. Uh, number two, center fielder Peter Borges for the Angels. Three consecutive games with three hits and a homer. And now he's owned in half our leagues. That's impressive. Yeah, his little run I here. guess the third consecutive was Sunday, right? Or, or yeah. did the Angels play Monday? Mm, I don't think they no, did. No, it's Sunday. Yeah, and that's five home runs for Borges in August. I don't, I don't buy it personally. I mean, he he had only one double-digit homer season in the minors, and that was at Salt Lake, where Jeff Mathis was a twenty-homer guy, and Brandon Wood and and uh, Sean Rodriguez were thirty-homer guys. <laughs> Jeff Mathis, and, yeah, wow. Jeff Mathis was it was a offensive prospect based partially on his numbers at AAA Salt Lake. So. You kind of just throw those numbers out the window. Borges isn't a power hitter. He's a free swinger, good speed. You know, maybe could develop into a serviceable mixed league guy down the line, but I, I think this sudden I, – I don't buy the sudden breakthroughs. He, he's just really hot right now. Borges or Tabata? Tabata, easily. Yeah, and they're only in a similar amount of leagues. Borges or Ben Revere? I'd go Borges because – he doesn't have a ton of power potential, but he has a lot more than Ben Revere. What if you get points for making the best catch since Andrew Jones did it? 
<laughs> okay, so do you consider the Ben Revere catch better than the Indy Chavez catch in the playoffs uh, a few years ago? Ooh. See, that's the thing. If if Andy Chavez's catch were in game, you know, 125 or whatever the heck we're at right now in the regular season, what are we at, do you know? So uh, we have like five weeks of baseball yeah, left. So. I don't know the exact number so of figure games. We're it's around, different we're around there. every team, yes. Then Chavez's catch. Uh, yeah, then I would say Revere's catch was better. I would okay. say if both were done in the regular you know, season or both in – in the ALS, in the NLCS, I think, then I would. Go I think with maybe what's getting me on the Revere thing is he just made it look so easy. I mean, the, the but then way afterwards he, he was like, "Yeah, wow, no, no, wow. yeah, he, he couldn't even believe he did it." <laughs> but you know, it wasn't like a lot of turning and running. Well, there's a lot of running, but he just glided so gracefully, and it wasn't like a Jim Edmonds back to the infield dive. I mean, anytime you throw a dive in there, it just looks more impressive because. Yeah, I mean, I I think Sam Fold maybe has made better catches this year. But yeah. he's running dead center, yeah. jumping into the wall, and making that catch. I mean, I couldn't do it. So, <laughs> so we can. Well, that goes uh, without saying. <laughs> that, that's a tally in his favor. Number five of the most added list is Alex White. Uh, he will make his Rockies debut tonight at home against Houston. Is yeah. this a situation where you think people should go pick up Alex White before he has this big start? No, I don't think so. I think. This trade to Colorado, while it's generally bad news for most pitchers, is even worse news for Alex White because he wasn't a pitcher who was going to blow up by hitters. And uh, usually to succeed in Colorado, those are the type of pitchers who do it. The Ubaldo Jimenez, Ulysse Chassin, guys who can consistently miss bats. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's possible White could have a good career there, but he was... He wasn't a budding ace, in my opinion, in the first place. And this, I think, might he might kind of get lost in, in Jason Hamill territory um, with this move to Colorado. Mitch Moreland, number six on the most added list. Uh, Moreland is sixth, and Mike Carp is fourth. So who do you like better, Moreland or Carp? I, th- I like Moreland better. I, I just think he's a better overall player. It's going... It's something to watch, though, when Adrian Beltre comes back for the Rangers, what happens to Mike Napoli. I think it could cut into Moreland's playing time, and that would obviously make Carp better. But for now, I say Moreland. And number eight is Casper Wells. Four home runs in his last seven games, owned in 15% of leagues. Did it go up 12% to 15? He was owned in 3%. Yeah. Hey, he's he's getting consistent playing time in Seattle, and and I buy the power potential. I'm just not sure he's going to be consistent enough for mixed leagues, but... AL-only owners have Adam. Have Adam. Have at him. (laughs) (laughs) AL-only owners, stay away from me. Most dropped (laughs) list now. Number three is uh, Rick Porcello. He has been really bad in August. He's now owned in half our leagues. Dropper stash. I would drop Porcello. I'm not sure why he wasn't dropped already. He hasn't done anything. Yeah, when you start looking at these ownership numbers, you do have to factor in the fact uh, that some people are just done caring or their season might be over, because number five is A.J. Burnett, and the fact that A.J. Burnett is owned in 71% of leagues still is a travesty. He might not even be in the rotation next week. He's an awful player. <laughs> it has fallen. It only fell 8% in the last week, but I feel like it's fallen a lot more the last few weeks. I think he was up over 90% for a while. Um, so, yeah, yeah he's, right. he's certainly right trending there. the right direction here as far as ownership goes. Dropper stash. I'd, I'd drop him. Yeah, for anything. 
Jonathan Sanchez is sixth on the list. He's down to 69%. He's got an ankle injury. Uh, you're still ho- holding out hope? Yeah, I'm still holding out some hope. Um, I, I hold out, for example, a player like Cahill, I would still trust over trust to bounce back more than I would Sanchez because we've seen this from Sanchez before. The control just goes on him, and he's not able to do anything. But if you're able to stash him, the upside is still high enough that I, I would I would like to stash him. Number seven on the most drop list, Mike Leak. Two bad starts in a row. He had been pitching pretty well before that. He's owning 62% of leagues. Yeah, two bad might be overstating it a bit. I think he gave up four earned and six last time out, and, and he'll have some starts like that. But he never really gets any worse than that is the thing. So a, a fairly reliable pitcher, not not as much upside as you're probably going to want in mixed leagues, but I still think he could do a lot worse than Leak. And number eight on the most drop list is Jason Bay. I don't think Jason Bay could do a lot worse than what he's done for the Mets. He's still owned in 61% of leagues. He's in a two-for-32 slump. Bay or Borges? I got to say Borges. Bay or Carp, who is also outfield eligible? Yeah, I'll go with Carp. Why not? Go with, go with the hot hand there. I know you like Kyle Blanks. Would you take him over Jason Bay? Yeah, I'd take Kyle Blanks over any of these guys. So Kyle Blanks is on the most added list, but he is he is not owned in that many leagues. No, he's not. I, what, under 25%? Something. I think it's like 15 to 20. Yeah. yeah, something really low. I don't know why. Kyle Blanks. Yeah. Get on it. Have at him. <laughs> uh, quick pitch time. One player in the AL, one in the NL. Scott's quick pitches, both owned in 5% of leagues. Trevor Plouffe. Going deep here. Trevor Plouffe. And going deep is something he's done a lot more of this year in the minors. Triple-A Rochester hit 15 homers in 192 at-bats. So that, for a shortstop-eligible player, should immediately get him on your radar. The key for him fantasy-wise is that he has been playing more often recently, uh, getting regular bats between the outfield and the infield. And, and really, I think that should continue with Delman Young gone and Denard Spann dealing with concussions, you know, likely to miss the rest of the season, I think. Uh, so Plouffe should be a regular part of the lineup, and he's been doing a good job there. 317 batting average and a homer over his last 11 games. Overall, he's batting 220. He had a hot streak like this earlier in the season and then cooled off, but still you're talking about former first-round pick, great power numbers in the minors, should play consistently. I think there's a chance he could be a sneaky option off the waiver wire and and maybe a necessary one for yeah. a lot of fantasy owners with Hanley Ramirez out for who knows how long Jimmy Rollins down now. There's a lot of people out there with a need at shortstop, and, and he might be the best you can do off the waiver wire. John Mayberry Jr. is Scott's NL quick pitch, also owned in 5% of leagues. I'm hoping he starts to get more bets. He did play... Monday for Raul Banias, who was out with a strained groin. And you start comparing the numbers for the two, and, and you wonder, well, why can't Mayberry start over this guy? Groin aside. Yeah. <laughs> 11 groin aside almost sounds like a disease. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was kind of an awkward way to word that. But <laughs> moving on, 11 homers and 189 at-bats for Mayberry this season. Five homers in August. Um homered again Monday night. That's what got him on my radar. And Charlie Manuel has begun to make 
a comparison that I think a lot of fantasy owners would also make. Mayberry, former first-round pick. Jason Wirth, former first-round pick. Both of them got kind of pegged as bench players early on, stayed there for a while. We got a chance to start in the Phillies outfield and, and suddenly blew up like this. Um, you know, it's hard to say there's going to be another Jason Wirth because his uh, story is kind of unique. But Mayberry, I, I mean, you can't argue with the results in the limited playing time. If he gets to consistent at-bats, then he could provide some cheap fa- cheap power for you. Uh, over the last few weeks. So that's it for today's show. We are back on Wednesday with your emails at dmfantasybaseball at cbs.com. And follow us on Twitter at cbsfantasybb. And what's your Twitter handle? At cbsscottwhite. Yes, and Al's is at almelk, M-E-L-C, CBS. Yes, almelk, yeah. M-E-L-C, okay. And uh, Facebook.com slash CBS Sports Fantasy. Thursday, we read your tweets and your Facebook comments and questions. I know it's fantasy football season, so make sure you check out our fantasy football podcast as well. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.